All right, everyone. Welcome back to Matt Goes to the Movies. We are going to talk about episode four of Halo called Reach. Rob, I'm going to let you start because we might have some different opinions. Ooh, okay. So we kind of pick up right where things leave off in the previous episode where you know, there's the master chief and, and the, uh, private that he's helping or the sergeant that he's helping are, are in the church and the, uh, the bomb goes off. And, uh, you know, from right there, the whole episode is, I, I would say fairly entertaining to me. Um, you get some cool shots of invisible elites, just tossing people around on the street when they're walking through that one sort of like outdoor market area. I didn't expect that to happen. And it was really cool. Uh, we get a lot of Master Chief fighting um, these elites without his armor. He has no firearms. I thought it was surprisingly cool. The enemy felt dangerous to me, and yet the Master Chief is still able to defeat that enemy. And I was actually really impressed with how the VFX looked in this episode. It started off pretty good. This show does some things weird, but to me, when this show does action, when this show gives us battles... It really does a great job. It's not a perfect episode, but I was entertained by this. All right. So um, here we go. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I am just going to say this as nicely as I possibly can. Um, Every word of what I just said was wrong. (laughs) No, I'm not saying you're wrong, but I am so sick and tired of this show. Wow. I'm, I'm over it. I'm over it. I'm done. Um, regardless, there are some, there are some cool things that happen in this episode, but it, I'm so sick and tired of seeing him fight outside of the armor. I know that's what this show is and maybe I should just get over it and my enjoyment would increase. Cause I think there are some good things in this episode, but I'm just done. I, I, I'm mm. so sick and tired of it. Th- they took his armor. So what? We're going to have a whole nother episode where it's ju- like they sat there. And they entered like keys introduces him. And oh, this is, you know, him as Master Chief. You know what? Nobody knows him as Master Chief anymore. He's a goddamn guy. I, I'm I'm tired of it. Like, I. But I will say some positive things after this, but yeah, I I just, I'm so sick and tired of it with him not being in the suit. And I'm so sick and tired of this. You got it in the first episode, but oh, you know, people just keep talking about things aren't important. Guess what? Your knickknacks aren't freaking important. Your goddamn life is terrible. Like, that whole scene was okay. So I'm going to be 100% with you on that. The, there's, there's actually two bits. There's, uh, there's that one. And there's the one that leads up to it where they're having this conversation around, you know, him being able to choose pick heads like 11 times in a row. That whole thing was dumb and a complete waste of time. Um, and you know, but I will say they follow it up with a very, what I thought was a really kind of a cool line where, you know, just talking about how he knows that he's going to be able to go into battle and he's going to be able to get out. Um, and she says to him, must be nice. And he responds, not really. That was a cool line. I thought that was a cool moment. We don't get a lot of that in this show 
on on average. But to your previous point, when they get to the shopkeeper and they're and it it feels like the scene is just there to to show us technology from our epoch, you know, from like our time or or the time right before ours, so things that we would recognize. And this shopkeeper is putting all this importance on it. And it's, you can't protect any of it if you're dead. Like the whole conversation with the shopkeeper is a waste of minutes for the episode. And not only that, but just before that, John is running and running and running. He's got a mission. Get the fleet comp, get his armor, get, get weaponry, do something to protect and help these people. And he stops to have this full on conversation with this woman when it's like, dude, I, you were just running to try to get somewhere before that. There was it, it makes no sense. Yeah. Um, did you notice the original Xbox on the shelf? Oh, I did not see that. I wish I would have caught that. Yeah, it's it's there. Um very uh well, I I guess maybe not, but um it was uh it was very clear as day to me. Um it's just sitting back there on the shelf. Um but um <sighs> You know, the other thing I wasn't really a fan, I didn't really think Keyes' speech was great. Um, you know, certainly I know it's, you know, I, I mean, let's face it. Anytime anybody talks about a motivational speech in a movie, you, I don't know. What's the one like that everybody thinks of before going into a battle? Independence Day? Oh, um, Independence Day for sure. That's the one that was immediately in my mind. You know, you know not go quietly into right. the night. Yeah. You know, uh, I, July 4th will no longer be seen as an American holiday. I didn't really feel it was all that great. Um, but uh, this episode did do some things well. I will admit it a hundred percent. I did care about Keys's sacrifice. I cared about that. Um, I thought the action was really good. Um, I, I do feel like the action scenes were good. Um, am I, am I dumb here? Am I missing something or is the guy, um, is the, the covenant warrior that goes after chief, is that going to end up being the arbiter? So if you, um, cause the armor look, looks very familiar. It's it's a they, different armor than the other than the other ones. I I've just what what are your thoughts on that? Did I miss something? Am I just am I pushing? I thought that might have been at first because we reckon we see an elite with what appears to be special armor. You're right. It does look different. It does not look like the rest of it. It seems like this character has a little more weight. Um, it seems like this armor is different. It seems like this character is a little bit special. And I don't think necessarily that this is, although we, I don't know that in the games we ever actually learned what the Arbiter's like given name is. We just know him as the Arbiter. It might be him. It might be the, the elite that, that eventually becomes the Arbiter. They do have somebody cast as that role. Like oh, if okay. you look through the casting, um, you can find, and I forget the actor's name, and, I, and I'm going to try to pull it up here. Um, there is somebody that they have listed as as that voice actor. Um, so I think at some point you'll get it, but you really have to have an elite commander fail before they give him that title. I don't. 
I don't remember like in the second Halo game, the Arbiter is a, is kind of a, a title that's passed down from from warrior to warrior. And when that one dies, they just call the next one up. It didn't seem like they had somebody already in that role. So it doesn't seem like it's a continuous role, like where there's always somebody in the role of the Arbiter. But they could certainly change that for the game. That could be the previous one, you know, before they move on to the next one. It, it's hard to know. Um, but I, I definitely caught that. And it seemed as though he was prepared to finish the job. Um, and McKee stopped him, which I thought was kind of interesting. Uh, what's What's the benefit to her to stop that? You know, whose side is she really on? Whose side is she playing? I, I, I don't particularly care, I guess, on that front. Uh, I'm still trying to figure out why she's alive. You know, somehow McKee has returned. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and I, I'm going to give this episode credit here. Um, this is the first episode where I actually really, really was intrigued and interested by Dr. Halsey. Mm. Th- this was the this was the first episode where I really said, okay, you got me. Your your performance and your story here actually has interested me. You made me care. Um I actually felt like she had a huge, huge remorse for um, Commander Keys. I, I I liked her a lot in this episode. Um, I want to talk about that dynamic specifically, her and Keys. But before we we really touch on that, I want to I want to say I definitely agree that she had some of the most compelling pieces of her story so far. I think I'm into her story a little bit more than you are, but still when you see like she actually had the opportunity to behave as a human, not as a kind of (laughs) not as a sociopath doctor who's kidnapping children in the middle of the night and making them pump full of HGH to turn them into super warriors. Like, you know, there's some ethical concerns there, just a little, just one or two, you know, but, but beyond that, it doesn't seem as though she particularly cares for anyone or anything. It it almost seems as though, you know, to, to steal a line from Jurassic Park, she doesn't necessarily stop long enough to worry about whether or not she should just more. Could she, you know, to, to borrow Dr. Malcolm's line a little bit it seems like she's more interested in just the creation of the Spartan program and what they're capable of and, and sure save humanity, whatever they really haven't gone in enough. I think into why that, that program was created in the first place. Um, you know, in, in the books, uh, the extended lore, um, the, the Spartan program is actually up and running even before the covenant make first contact. It's, they're actually to help with an insurrection is really what they're there for, which really would have played well into the story this show is trying to tell where they're painting the UNSC as this, you know, this fascist oppressive regime uh, full of propaganda and smoke and mirrors and, uh, you know, all kinds of nastiness behind closed doors. Um, it, it really would play well into that. Uh, but that's not again, that's not the story they're trying to tell. Um, getting back to when when she realizes that um keys is dead that to me was was really i was surprised at how much that did affect her 
um, I, that kind of, I was like, wow, okay, that's an interesting choice there. And I liked it. And I want to kind of, something I've been thinking about since I watched this episode, I want to say that this show made a mistake by killing off Captain Keys this early into the series, because he was a character that really leveraged a lot of stories into each other and a lot of characters conflicts. He was kind of in the center of he, he was, you know, he was kind of that, that, you know, that again, that leverage point between Halsey and Miranda and between John and the new Oni chief, like all of these characters kind of bounced off of him into each other. And he was kind of that fulcrum in between. And for them to take him out this early into the series, you know, I feel like there's so many interesting things that he could have been a part of for the story they're trying to tell. Um, especially as he believed John, but was still having to work for Oni and, and the UNSC. Wow. That really would have been interesting. Once, once eventually the Spartans are able to get off of here. Um, you know, certainly we, we wanted to see keys, you know, get on the pillar of autumn and, and possibly crash land on re or on, uh, on the halo ring. Okay. They weren't going to give us that. It didn't really feel like a big death. You know how sometimes, you know, name characters when they die, it feels like it's a, a momentous thing. Mm-hmm. It didn't, it didn't really have kind of that impact on me, I guess. What, what, how do, how did it hit you? Um, it, I mean, it definitely didn't, it didn't hit me. And I think because again, as a whole, this episode really just made me, as soon as I could tell that this whole thing was going to be just again, John. And I really thought this could be the episode where it was the turning point of, okay, like this is where, like this is where from here on out, we're going to get full blown master chief because it's going to be, they, they torch reach. We're going after those bastards. Here we go. But by the time I realized we might get a whole nother episode of this crap. Um, and again, like I said, maybe I just, you know, at, at this point I can't just turn off what I want from this series. And that's the problem. Um, and I know it's been like that, but just the realization that, Jesus, we're probably going to get another whole episode before he even finds Eckerson and whatever else is going to happen. I just, this isn't Halo to me anymore. Like this, this would have been a really good episode. If, if this was anything else, make a few minor modifications. I think this actually would be a really good episode. Um, I don't think this would be a good series because I think there's some things in this series that are still, even if it was just a regular TV show would not be all that interesting. Um, but it, to me, it's just, it, it's still, it, it gets further. It got further away from what I want. I totally understand where you're coming from. I think I've made peace with that a little bit differently to the point where it's like, okay, we know that when, television and film has to adapt characters that are traditionally only seen with their helmet on 
you know, especially when you've got name actors, like Mm -hmm. there's a reason why in Avengers, Robert Downey Jr. always has his little helmet flip up when he's going to talk to somebody, despite the fact that he doesn't need it to, because you want to see Robert Downey Jr.'s face. Like the, the studios paying him a lot of money. You're going to, you're going to see his face. I Um, mean, they even did it with the power Rangers reboot movie. And those weren't well-known people. As soon as they got into the costume at the end, their mask was flipped up the entire time. Like, and that's never like, Power Rangers never had masks. They always had helmets, but yeah, it's, it's just, it's a Hollywood thing. Yeah. And you definitely saw that. I think in um, the most recent Spider-Man film, especially uh, spoilers for anybody who hasn't seen uh, no way home, uh, you know, hold skip forward like 15 seconds, but especially when the three of them are all together, you know, they kind of almost have to take their masks off just so you can tell which guy is which. Cause if you look quickly, sometimes the suit looks a little bit. So I, I kind of get that. And to some extent, like you can't really see emotion when a guy's got a helmet on, you can't really see as much. I mean, they can do that little trick where they show inside the helmet. I mean, there's plenty of ways to do that, I guess. So I've maybe already killed my own point to some extent the danger level ramps up a little bit when they don't have their suits. So I, I kind of see what they're trying to do. I, I think overall the battle scenes were just so good. I, you know, occasionally, you know, you and I have both complained about shaky cam usage. I sort of liked it here. I felt like the overall chaos and intensity of that battle really translated well. And I think I was just enjoying that so much that I kind of was like, well, you know, I kind of really want to see master chief doing master chief things, not, sort of just like whatever, whatever we got it, it, my preference would be something different, but I did still enjoy for what it was worth, uh, what we got. Yeah, no, I, I think the action was pretty good quality and even the shaky cam did not bother me in this episode. Um, I did, you know, I, I thought maybe there were one too many, oh my God, grenade explosions where people go flying. Um, I, I think I counted four in this episode where it was like, all right, I'm, I'm kind of over everybody getting blown backwards, but I guess m- my biggest gripe with him not being in the suit is I understand that it's, you know, the, the program and everything, but I, I mean, he took a pretty good licking without the suit on. And if it wasn't for him getting shot, like it, it's like almost nothing was happening to him. Like he's getting punched and kicked around by a, like, not a brute, but you know what I'm saying? An eight foot tall alien. Yeah. And he's like, oh, I got it. Like, <laughs> so I kind of just like, all right, well then what the hell, like, what the hell is the point of the suit? Cause he can go, he can go toe to toe. Like, it's not like the suit gives him any more advanced reflexes or anything like that. So yeah, I guess actually, what's the point of it? What's the point of the suit? So he can take a plasma blast. Well, yeah, I mean, that would that would be the benefit, I guess. I think being able to see that um, that needle blast that killed Vanek, that was the way they did. That was kind of cool. Yes, very cool. As we were really starting to like him, too. So that I think will have an impact on us uh, moving forward. But I I sort of dug that um, of this. And I think you I think you can't have them in their suits to do that. But how, you know, true. How much cooler, though, would it have been for Master Chief to light up that plasma sword in his armor? Oh, 100%. Like, 
because it was a, I sat there and in my head, like it instantaneously snapped where I was like, that was cool, but it could have been so much cooler. Yeah. I had a, uh, it's funny. So we're watching this and my son said to me, he said, uh, dad, why doesn't anybody just pick up the plasma swords that are laying like everywhere? I said, <laughs> I, I don't know. Maybe they don't know how to do that yet. And then as soon as uh, John grabbed it, we were like, we both just stood up and cheered. <laughs> we were pretty excited about that moment because it it was well shot. I mean, the the again, the battle itself, the action scenes, I I think landed really well. Um, again, if you if you prefer him to be in the suit, I, I do too. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I, I do too, because that's kind of what we want. That's kind of what the whole thing is is supposed to be about. You mentioned that we might get one more episode like this. I, I actually think we're probably going to get a little more than that. Just looking at the number of episodes and the episode names again, um, you know, we, we haven't wasted any more time on the Soren, you know, his family and that side story in Quan Ha. We haven't gotten a chance to waste some time on that lately. So Brace yourself. That's coming next episode. I promise you we're getting some of that. Hopefully we do spend some time back on reach with what's going on. Um, you know, you got to see what happened with high command. You know, they, they just pissed off to somewhere else in the galaxy. So what are they actually doing? Um, are we going to be focusing on Margaret, you know, and I can't imagine they're just killing her off. So I I think we're going to be spending some time on some of those other things, you know, with the penultimate episode being called Thermopylae, I, I feel like that'll be kind of, if, if they're going to adapt anything of Halo Reach, the game that is among the best in the series, when you, when you ask longtime fans of this game series, which game is their favorite, uh, Reach is right up there. It's like top mm-hmm. three for almost everybody. I, I, in fact, I don't know anybody that doesn't have Reach top three or top two. Um, if if there was going to be an episode that adapted any of that, especially that, you know, your mission is to survive, um, that is that was a cool moment in the game. I'm just going to say I, I remember that. I remember thinking, like, what does that mean? And, uh, you know, you just like, OK, geez, I'm just getting overrun here. OK, so how am I getting out of this? How am I getting out of this? And then eventually you realize, oh, um, you don't. <laughs> and that's the point, you know, like it. it I think we might get a little bit of that in, uh, in episode seven, uh, before we actually get, you know, the pillar of autumn or whatever they're going to use to stand in for it. If, if they're not going to actually use that ship's name to, uh, fly off the remaining survivors towards the halo ring. Yeah. Um, I think those are, yeah, those are really, really good points. Um, I don't know. I, uh, my the last thing that I have to say about this episode is, and maybe I'm missing something from the video games, um, because if I remember correctly, this didn't happen until like four or five, because um, I don't remember anything about Halo Guardians. I really don't at all. Um, interesting ruffle that they have Cortana. Yeah. Um... That that is interesting. Um, whether or not they can actually make her do anything, you know, we really haven't actually spoken much about Cortana. And getting back to our list of things that we wish this was, so much of what makes Halo fun, what in terms of the story, and I know that there's, you know, you, when you see people complain about this series online, and and then you see like the comment section, people are like, 
the story for Halo was always stupid. There was never a story to it anyways. Well, there actually was, you know, that's not really like the main reason you play it. You play it because it's got really tight first person shooter mechanics. It's got fun settings. It's got great music and it, and it's, it's a great power fantasy. It's, it's a just so much fun. It's well executed and everything it does, but the parts of the story that are compelling that people really do get into is that dynamic between chief and Cortana we really haven't gotten much of it. And I feel like it's, it's just, again, missed opportunity because there's so much you can do with that. There's so much about that that's compelling. So we haven't really seen her. I feel like in these next three episodes, before we get to the season finale, we're going to see something with that. We're going to see something between her and McKee and, and hopefully it sets up to a good finale. Yeah. Um, it will be interesting. I, I, yeah, there's, you know, that's the thing you said it like, yes, there's tight shooter mechanics, everything like that. But behind all that, too, uh, yes, the the story is, you know, Cortana and Master Chief. But there's also there really is a good story behind Halo in those first three. I games. think so. Um, I, I, I really think, have well, to go back. ODST. Through. Don't forget ODST. That's yeah. probably the most um, story intense game out of the whole season or out of the whole series yeah but like with one and three i mean i did find that story just insanely engaging with the great journey and everything involved and the arbiter becoming an ally i i really did think that was was interesting and yeah I, i just i don't know i'm curious to see what is going to happen with Cortana here, like why that's going on, but we'll go from there. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I, I personally did get into the story. I did like all of those elements. And I think especially that dynamic with the arbiter, um, that whole story, when you see more of the profits and things like that, and you really start to understand their level, uh, you know, the covenant is functionally an alien cult is really what you discover it to be. And that infighting that starts to happen as you progress through the game, uh, as as parts of the covenant break away, um, that does start to get really interesting. Um, the grave mind stuff really starts to get kind of weird. I think, um, you know, the mystery around the forerunners is kind of interesting. I, I wish that they would just eventually come out, and, and maybe they've done it in some of the expanded books, but they would just come out and really explain exactly what it is. Uh, I think I'm kind of tired of guessing around some of the forerunner stuff, but overall I I'm with you. I think the story is much better than, than people give it credit for. Yeah. So, um, I, I mean, we're still, I, I mean, especially, you know, especially me, we're still gonna go through and we're gonna get through the rest of these episodes and, and see where it goes. Um, I'll tell you, there is, th- this is just a thing. Uh, um, for some reason, I don't know what it is. I think I'm just going to delete the app and re-download it. Um, whenever I watch a TV series on Paramount Plus, whenever it goes to the commercial, every single time now, it rewinds back to the very beginning of that scene. So you know how, like, Rob, there that it's broken down in chunks. Like, if you were to press the arrow to fast forward or rewind or any of that, so I get through the first I get through the first part of it 
and, a, and it goes to the commercial. It runs through like a minute and 30 seconds worth of commercials. And it starts back from the very first, that very first scene. And then I, I fast forward it to where it starts. It goes through that part. And then the commercial hits. And then it rewinds back to that chunk of the section. And it is oh. so annoying. I do know what you mean because I am experiencing the exact same thing. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Get, get your act together, Paramount. Yeah. I, I don't know if it's do better. Like it's just, it's so annoying. <laughs> I'm just like, why, why is this happening? Outside of football season, the only reason I really log into Paramount is for this show. Um, there's, I mean, there's maybe a couple. Every once in a while, there might be a movie on there that that we're going to review that I've that I've been able to watch on Paramount. But for the most part, like, I'm not in the app that often. No, no, I mean, there's nothing super. I, I mean, Transformers: Rise of the Beast is on there. I've seen that. Um, but yeah. Uh, Paramount Plus is not a a destination app for me. Um, yeah, so I don't know. We'll we'll see here. But uh, Rob, do you have any other notes on this episode? Because I I don't. I think it's time to grab some popcorn. All right, so um, I'll go first and. For me, I know I just said I'm done. However, I, I'm still going to rate this. I, I'm going to rate this episode on what. Not what I want it to be and what it was. And I do think just sitting here talking about it, I can get past some of these things again. For a for a casual person or anything like that. I would say this episode's a solid three and a half buckets. Um, I think there's some things wrong with it. For me personally, it's it represents everything that I'm sick and tired of with the show. Uh, so it's two buckets. But I really feel that there are good. I feel that there's really good things here. And if you would just give me Master Chief in this episode, if you would give me Master Chief and for because he went on the lamb, so to speak, and still had his armor and the other Spartans didn't. I don't think any of this episode kind of goes without a hitch. I mean, Christ, you could have him carrying around his helmet for all I care, or have a, an attachment on the back on his back where then he can just pop his helmet off. Um, I'd say this episode was a solid four and a half buckets. If you would give me master chief the way I want him, but I do think there's a good episode here. Yeah, so um, I'm just gonna go straight to four. That that's where I've got it. I I liked the action. I liked just everything about the battle scenes. I liked the chaos. I liked the feel of it. I liked the fear that the enemy introduced into the human combatants. Uh, the the sense of danger. The 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 CG was well done. Overall, I felt like the VFX were well done it was better than I was expecting it to be. I was expecting to ha hate some of it. I was expecting it to look cartoonish, but I felt like it was, it was well done. I, I really enjoyed a, a lot of it. I was very entertained by this. It has some problems again. So that's where I'm going right to a four and uh, no, no additional asterisks for me on this. Just, you know, 
one of the better episodes in terms of entertainment value I think that we've gotten. Um, and, and really the, the best episode of the series are the ones that have these battles, the ones where they're all just standing around talking, um, have just not landed and not worked well. And that's not even just because it's adapted from a first person shooter game. That's just all shooting and driving warthogs and, you know, trying to, trying to GTA Jack, um, you know, covenant vehicles from them. You know, we didn't really talk much about the tanks that we got. We got a Wraith tank and a Scorpion tank in this, and they look pretty good. I was I was pretty excited. Uh, the, you know, we didn't we haven't gotten a ghost yet, which was kind of one of my weapons of choice back in the Halo two days. But uh, I'm sure that's coming. We, we've definitely gotten plenty of warthogs. You know, that's that's what we are used to from the game. And when this series delivers that, it's gr- I think it's fantastic. I know it can't just be all shooting all the time. They have to have something in there to to carry a story forward. Um, and, and at times they've done that. At times they've done well with that. Um, so yeah, just going with the four. Okay. Well, uh, I'm glad that you, uh, got that much enjoyment out of it. That is really cool. Um, we'll be back again for episode five, see where the story takes us, but we'll have a very quick turnaround and we'll be finishing the mummy series and going with tomb of the dragon emperor. And I am saving that for tomorrow. Um, (laughs) I have not rewatched it. That'll be tomorrow because I don't have work. So I am going back and I totally forgot until Rob, you text me that on the back of the box art, it does say the best one yet. And your son had a funny response to that. Yeah, um, so it wasn't just anybody that had that um, that that quote. It was the late Roger Ebert, easily the most recognizable movie critic name that anybody can think of. Um, there was Siskel and Ebert, and then Siskel, Gene Siskel passed, and then we had Ebert and Roper. You know, the whole two thumbs up was was Siskel and Ebert's trademark. So none other than the late Roger Ebert said that it was the best in the series. And uh, uh, as as my son was looking at it, he um, he asked why anyone would say that about this movie. And um, he, he doesn't even really know who Roger Ebert is, I don't think. Uh, he's 11, so it's not likely that he would he would know. I mean, Ebert, I think, died before Wes was even born. I am pretty sure. Um, so, yeah, um, I... That's a that's a bold statement. Yeah. Um again, I'm I'm actually looking forward to it. Um so I I'm like I said, I'm saving it because I'm off tomorrow, but I am looking forward to watching that one, closing out that series, and figuring out what's our next one. A lot of good stuff we've been talking about, listeners. So uh definitely stay subscribed to Matt Goes to the Movies wherever you get good podcasts. Stay subscribed. Make sure you check out the socials. That way you can also be aware of any drops, any announcements that are coming. There's some fun things we've been talking about doing that uh, should be should be really cool to check out. Some good things, some some bad movies, which honestly are sometimes more fun to talk about than the good ones. Uh, so make sure you stay subscribed anywhere you get podcasts and on all of the social media platforms of your choice. And if you want to send the show an email, you can do that at mgttmpodcast at gmail.com. Just the initials for Matt Goes to the Movies podcast at gmail.com. Send us your thoughts and uh, maybe you'll get it read on the air. Who knows? Yeah, Rob, I I will tell you that 
Brandon, uh, Brandon is still holding out hope that we are going to get to Resident Evil. He he ref- <laughs> he refuses to watch those unless you are involved. I kind of refuse to watch them just in general. <laughs> <laughs> just, you know, like you got to be like to, to finish, like to, to on purpose, watch a resident evil movie. You got to just like, there's a certain amount of self-loathing that you just have to be re- like in the mood for. Oh, ah, yeah, that's, that is true. But very, uh, maybe we will get to them. Maybe we will see. Maybe I, can bribe you with a couple of beers and some pizza or something, but (laughs) (laughs) yeah, like an entire distillery. (laughs) I do work at a bar, Uh, but but, all right, well, that'll do it. Listeners. Thank you so much for joining.